0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased Omnate Roberts. Here with Rodney Godek, and today we're going to be talking about antlers, Guillermo del Toro and Scott Cooper's uh, latest. Um, we'll call it a creature feature.
1: Yes, absolutely. An un,
0: uh, undone
1: creature. No one, there is. Yeah,
0: so there's probably like one uh, sci-fi uh, straight to straight to video yeah. um, movie called Wendigo from like a decade ago okay, right. that I really bad yeah. CG, just yeah, rush. yeah, just garbage, you yeah. know, just garbage movie. Um, and so yeah, so I was excited for Antlers because man, did I want to see a Wendigo done right? Guillermo del Toro, he, uh, you know, he he likes to make animatronics <laughs> yeah he, he has a disdain for cg hopefully on the same like on a similar level as uh-huh. i do um and although we don't get to see it till late in the film and we'll talk about it later oh. as opposed to right now sure the creature payoff is is quite quite good
1: Yep. Yeah. so i looked into seeing how influenced um the director was because gamma del toro isn't the director he's producing on it and so i did a quick search just to see how involved because Scott Cooper is not known for directing horror. He's got four major movies, one of which was Crazy Heart that won awards. And so uh, I don't know how he got a part of it. But I did see and read that he was more involved or committed to being involved in this movie specifically because of Guillermo del Toro's involvement. He knew that he could take notes from him and use his creative genius and partner with him where he needed... To uh, to make a stronger film, so his involvement was the reason why he signed on to do it. Because so you can, even though Guillermo del Toro is not directing, you could assume he's heavily involved in a lot of what this film is about.
0: Right, I, I, and and you definitely feel Guillermo's presence. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, another like uh, super super atmospheric horror movie. Antlers the same way, Slow yeah. Burn um super creepy uh early on um giving you plenty of backstory on the characters
1: yeah and like that's the thing that a lot of newer horror films don't do they don't they don't limit the scope of how many people are involved in the story there's a lot of noise with other characters or ins and outs like this one was really narrow focused on just the handful of characters that were driving the story and you really got invested in them you really cared you
0: saw a lot but
1: not too much
0: Right. So so not too much. is that a good or a bad thing? Um uh we get uh oh, what's her name? felicity, right?
1: Carrie Carrie
0: <laughs> Not enough yeah, Felicity. Um, uh
1: Carrie Russell? Carrie Russell, yeah. yeah. Carrie Russell. Um Jesse Clemens <laughs> and then random people for the most part.
0: Right. So so Carrie Russell. Yeah. Um who, who I know from more things than, than Felicity. <laughs> um, she was in a great, uh, rom-com with Nathan Fillion about pie. I can't remember the name of it, but check it out. Okay. Um, it was good. It was good. Um, yeah. little known Nathan Fillion uh, feature. Yeah. Um, Carrie Russell's backstory, you know, it's creepy. Like, like her, her past is troubled, uh, You know she she connects with the main boy uh who who has a seemingly troubled present yes right um and we get backstory. she lives with her brother you know she was a teacher recently yeah, yeah she was a teacher in california she comes home to her small town in oregon to live with her brother who she misses very much and they had tragedy with their parents in the past their mother died when they were uh to you know still living together Uh, She missed her father's apparent suicide uh, while she was living in California um, and just has come back to to live with the brother. Now, we get snippets. Yeah. But we don't ever get the whole story.
1: No, and a lot of it could be fantastical. Like, she's developed some of the imagery. Maybe not all of it. Like, I don't understand the one shot that was like, jarring and odd was the naked the naked on the bed cry uh, was, it, was yeah. it must have been it looked like the father it was the father uh very bizarre like because he was like tied up like hogtied almost yeah so that was it was odd but the there's a quick shot of her under the stairs with him coming down it was her hiding spot which i think she told lucas about in yep. at some point so yeah it was just that shot it was the bed shot and it was her picturing him approaching her at the piano and putting his arm around her. It was so
0: creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, like, oh, so yeah. disgusting. And the brothers coming up behind her at the same time, and we, we had a little jump scare there. So, yeah, yeah so, so to touch on the jump scares real quick, there were a handful, and they were all done in moments of psychological tension mm. with, like, backstory. Yeah. Um, I feel like once the action started, it was just... Action and violence. Yeah, um, they didn't really try to jump scare you. I think they did jump scare you once with the uh, with the Wendigo, um, when the when the rando, the one rando, de- oh. one of the rando deaths, uh, when he, he comes, he goes into the shed and yeah. sees the boy. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll I know. You, you, you and then he just right about. But that's it. it's, it's a trope. Yeah. it's fun. I, I I like I like what it says maybe about the Wendigo or maybe about the father like. Does it? Does the father? Is the father's memory? The father's brain? Is there anything there okay. um, yeah. from his humanity, or from his days as, as human as the Wendigo monster? Because it was it was a standard like bait and trap. Yes, like it was almost as if the Wendigo knew that the human would come to try and help the boy, and as soon as his back was turned, he could get him from behind. Yeah, that's because funny. it was quick and done and over. And then he did it again. Yeah. Immediately he yes. does it again with the, with the brother who yeah. is the, who is the sheriff of the small town. Yes. Um, and thankfully he doesn't kill him but it, if it happens twice in a row literally like someone hunting. Yeah.
1: So yeah, there's a lot of embodiment with into that spear. So um so I guess we're kind of you again know, like but the yeah. character is, is focusing on on uh on Carrie Russell's character um really strong and so with how much they show, to me, I feel like it was just enough to kind of confuse you or to like just give you a little inkling of it. And it really just helps you get more invested where you want to know more. It's like obviously a clear trauma or a present trauma that's or maybe it's being back
0: home. It's all stirring it
1: back up. Right. But clearly the brother is still troubled.
0: Right. He's and popping a pill. Yeah. And what's crazy about the brother is, OK, we're getting all this Carrie Russell backstory, but they have a fight and the brother ends the fight. With the line, you don't know what he did to me. Yeah, because and she, cause she just keeps talking yeah, about it's what, just about her, about what yeah, happened to her, what happened, happened to what her, yes. what she survived. And he goes, "You have no idea what he did yeah. to me." And she just walks like the argument over. And dude, like
1: the coolest part. I don't know a ton of people in law enforcement. My my bro- and my brother and I don't talk as much about his. Law- he's a state trooper, yeah. and so like. There's a stoicness to the way that he plays the character, which I think Jesse Plemons is great. He's—I've yeah. seen oh, him in a few things. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Great. He's great. But uh, how almost dead or numb he is, seeing all of these horrific deaths. He's reacting a little bit, but he's popping the pills and he just has this coldness, and you can see it. Like you can see, he's somewhere in there. You know, he's being affected as traumatically as everyone that's seeing it. But he's got—he's like processing it differently. Or he's handling it or he's bearing it, and not. Uh,
0: you know, letting it out. He right. Not well, handling it well. Yeah, he's got the job.
1: You know, yeah. he's, he's
0: got to be like.
1: No one else was going to.
0: Right. That. No one else was going to do it. Yeah. Why did you run? You should never Just have such, ran. It's so. Kerry Russell deep. Says, Like, there's so much depth. Yeah. You shouldn't have run. No one else was going to. Um, so, yeah, someone has to say, you know, rope off the scene. Someone has to, you know, put out uh, roadblocks. Someone has to, to call the shots. So he can't show that he's yeah. affected to to these people so it's just, there's who so are all there. terrified
1: um so the one thing i wanted to talk about and get your opinion on is the native american element in it okay so there's a part of me that sees the film if i'm you know stepping out and looking at it uh critically where it could be perceived as somewhat of an appropriation of Native American culture to make a cool movie.
0: Yeah, okay, so I, I can, kind of felt the same I, way. I can see that. I, I kind of felt the same way, or, or I kind of felt it.
1: Not to be like a narc or like yeah. no, no, no. crying about it, but I can see it, that you've got
0: a point. I'm definitely not complaining about it Um, being used as a as a mechanism. What I will say is it did feel um, like it didn't matter to the story yeah they they were like they spent like literally 90 seconds explaining this the the native american story Mm -hmm. and then there was one other line where carrie mentions the boy and the native american character who gave you the story goes was is he native and she goes no yeah and other than that there's like no, there's no mention. Yeah. There's no more backstory. There's no more. Uh, and I like set. that about
1: it. I think that that's what I like about it because a way that a, a, a ham-fisted approach to this kind of story or movie would have been, we have to be over-the-top Native American. There's a guy wearing a headdress, and he's going to fall around in the back of the car and explain everything. Oh, the Wendigo is doing this now because this and my ancestors did this. Like. We don't need all that, but someone that's dumb would do that because you think that the viewer needs it. We have to to give l- credence to this. There's this is a real story right. because all of all these Native Americans believe this.
0: We have to lure him to the burial <laughs> ground, and yeah. only there can we kill him and yeah. bury his remains to destroy the monster. Yeah, sometimes and, dead and, is better. So yeah, so sometimes <laughs> dead is better. Um, so
1: I feel it was great. Uh, the guy that played it, uh, Graham Green, played that Native American guy. He's in he's so much. In he's so in so part. much. So much sage like and I think it was done tastefully. I don't think it's appropriate. I, I am on the side like this was just yeah. the right amount of using it as a as a way to give credence to to the story. Sure, sure. I,
0: Yeah, whatever their reason. Um, Yeah, I felt I just felt like it was it was so such a small kind of just like throw in that th- it didn't even need to be there. Like, may, yeah, maybe they did it. I think it needs maybe to be may, there. maybe they did it as an you know as like a, a hey, nod. hey like look you know we we know where we're getting the source material from so just to acknowledge so it. so here Here's it is what we're gonna do with the story yeah okay. because sure. because it truly did not matter to the story
1: yeah no it didn't with yeah. what was happening sure
0: um, I mean I guess the 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 fire heart imagery mm-hmm. um, gets explained. By that story but that's that's probably it yeah okay <clears throat> so back to the film we have a we have a boy who is uh, you know disturbed uh, we don't quite know why um, Carrie Russell's characters, his teacher, um, in a class called storytelling, or maybe the storytelling section of English class. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? They're they're twelve, right?
1: Right. They're telling myths,
0: fables, whatever. Yep. And uh, she, you know, she relates to him right away. Uh, she she senses the trauma. She, um, you know, uh, relates to it with her own trauma. Yeah. And uh, you know, tries to take this boy under his wing because he obviously gets bullied. We see him getting bullied a few times um and then we get to see why yeah <laughs> so you know we're like 20 minutes in i think and and we're just like okay there's a, there's a lot of setup there they are getting a lot of meat mm-hmm. uh to this to this uh to the backstory here in this little town and then he you know he bashes a skunk the skunk's head in with a rock and he yeah. brings it to his dad. So his dad could eat it raw. His dad's pale and losing his hair and all black and veiny. And his brother's also pale, but he sneaks his brother some human food, which I thought was very interesting um, in the, you know, in the first like feeding scene. And then he locks himself in his room where he has to just sit there with headphones on as his father beats on yeah. the door to try to get to him. Or his brother yeah, cries through him. the door because hey, he's so hungry. hungry. Oh
1: my god! <laughs> oh my. I felt. I, I, I felt at that moment. I was just like felt wretched. Like it just. It's awful. You're trying to care for your your sibling, your father. You're you're distraught. You're on your own. You're in the darkness because there is no power. There's no power. Your dad cooks math yeah. and your mother is no that not there. Like how isolated and scary it is? Because the kid is um. His little brother, I think, was supposed to be seven
0: or eight, and so I think he's, like, 12 or something. Yeah, yeah he's 12. Yeah, yeah, because Carrie was also 12. Yeah. that They make that kind right, of right. right,
1: right. So, like, it just, like, the, yeah, the feeling of seeing all that. Just traumatic. like
0: Yeah. Um, right in the beginning, before the movie starts, we get this mm-hmm. little scene where um, the boy's father gets attacked in this mine shaft yeah. where he is cooking meth at the top. Right, before it
1: opens up. And that's the other part, like, and that's in the background, too. It's environmentalism the spirits are angry because now we're and they, you hear it in the news a little bit during the film where they're talking about this mine is opening and it's one of 12 or whatever mine's opening in the area so like that's there so yeah that's why they're there they're cooking you've taken advantage of the of the area that no one's supposed to be in to do what they need to do without anyone detecting it and so um, and that's where they first encounter and you don't get the answers just you see it when Lucas is in school and when uh, Carrie Russell's character finds the drawing Right, and that's what gets the ball rolling. With now, people have to go to this house and discover. She wants people to.
0: Yes, she uh, she suggests the principal go there, and our principal is our first victim.
1: Yeah, uh, Uncle Buck's love interest. Yeah. Yes. I was like, I saw her, and I was like, thinking, I know her, I know her, uh, yeah. I know her, and I, I and I was like, yeah, that's what
0: it is. <laughs> uh, so she, uh, you know, she goes to the house, and uh, as we heard previously in the film the brother whining for food we hear the brother whining so she goes right into the house right into the room and the up, fa- the up into the edit the father knocks her down clubs her once and chomps right into her yeah just uh, yeah
1: she she bites her neck he bites her neck at first and then like he bites part of her face on yeah. like oh
0: yeah super yeah a lot of gore yeah we get to see him and he's well, like like full for the first time and he's just like stringy, uh, muscly, uh, very pale, black lines from the, from yeah. the sickness. Gollum-like. Almost. Yeah, Gollum-like. But yeah, Gollum was exactly how I described him to uh, to Anastasia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely losing his hair, stringy hair. He's got a full bushy beard, though, which I thought was cool. Yeah, still there. Yeah, I liked the beard. Um, so she's gone, and then what, what happens next? Oh, right. So he transforms. So right, the, yeah, so,
1: Lucas covers it up. So, so, He covers up the car, and it's like, and then it takes a little while until um, where people realize the principal's missing, and then Carrie Russell sees the car, and that's when the cops come. But while that's all transpiring in the background, you're right. He transformation.
0: transformation. So so seemingly, the animal, the raw animal uh, meat that his son Lucas has been feeding him has kept this Wendigo spirit at bay. He finally gets to taste human flesh uh, you know s- symbolic or not maybe they did on purpose maybe they right. didn't maybe it's just timing yeah it's time he has to he has to transform eventually we get a uh, this Wendigo transformation sequence which was cool it wasn't a full like werewolf style
1: a lot of it was hidden which again I think is good thing
0: yeah um but right at the end the jaw pops open and the and the the wendigo head comes out yeah for a split second cutaway right real quick yeah so it was it was nice it was nice well real quick i just want to touch on it since we're talking about it later when you see the Wendigo in full form, he, the flesh of the face is still <laughs> yeah, stuck awesome. to the to the Wendigo's. Yeah, face. And it's turning and yeah. it's just hanging there. Like it's just a mask. Yeah, it's just laying there. Awesome. Uh, it, was very, like it was very unexpected,
1: nice. but yeah. yeah, all right. Perfect. So, so back back in time, <laughs> maybe unrealistic. I don't care. Yeah,
0: back in time, Lu- uh, Lucas is running through the woods, and he knows his father's out as the Wendigo now, and uh, he gets cornered by the bully. And, uh, you know, Dad Wendigo just hops on the bully, starts going to town. Yeah. Lucas gets to run away. Um, and he goes to Carrie, who's the only character he, who can help him. right? Or who, the only person who... The only ally this boy has in his life, yeah. right, um, is Carrie Russell's character.
1: But, you know, he's also... he I, He's accepted, this is my life. Like, they're going to come for me. Like, you know, he knows
0: that. Like, he's with mm-hmm. her, but, like, he... Knows that yeah. that's not this isn't a real security, right? They're going to come for me and take me to the mine, yeah. which is what uh, what he tells her. Yeah. So, so they have you know they get the, the clue. Now, uh, the whole town's on alert, looking for this man. They don't know what that they're looking for a monster. Yeah, kids they keep finding
1: it, and every single time that they like, I think it started with the autopsy that the Native American guy found in the woods. They show right. that body, yeah, in the shot, like the pup, the the. Uh, what they built on that uh, on that table for them to look at and have you know the the uh, forensic pathologist or whatever talking about it like I don't know what this is this is human teeth here but like just the look oh, of yeah, it it yeah, looks yeah. so
0: good so
1: yeah. realistic when they find
0: the yeah that body when they say uh, it's human teeth the bite marks that was that was nice yeah, yeah. he's just <laughs> laughing like come on <laughs> um,
1: and so then whenever they they but whenever you see the uh, the father's husk. They describe it at some point. Yeah. That too, because that's happened now where they've seen
0: that. Right. They think he's dead and they're just looking and for... And they're
1: the... still on the thing. They still think it's animal attacks. Right.
0: And they're, they're looking for the boy because the younger brother is now missing. And so everybody's looking for the boy. Everybody's looking for the boy. And they think the dad's dead. Yeah. Because of that husk. Um, there's burned, you know, like they said. We could, there's still teeth. They're going to check the teeth. Yeah. yeah. They're still at the burn marks. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... We still haven't really seen the full Wendigo. Right? Yeah. Um, we've got the boy uh, hiding out in a shed. Uh, we get a rando. I think this is the only rando death. Yeah, world, so right?
1: what happens is they, they are in the hospital and he she wants to take him in and the brother doesn't. And that's where they end up going to his house while they go figure out um, he has to go talk to... Um, he goes downtown to talk to someone. He gets separated. The the brother gets separated. Right. And then the, the sheriff's helper, it takes them at the house after they've discovered all these bodies. And so they're like hold up with a guard. And right. that's where what happens now is yeah. he hears something outside and the kid knows. He's like, yeah, they're coming for me.
0: Right. He's,
1: he's here. He's here. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's another guy that's in um he's been in other roles. Um, Rory Cochran plays Daniel uh, LaCroix the sheriff's deputy. Right, um, Danny, yeah.
0: Danny was the was the death there.
1: Yeah. Uh fast times the Richmond High. Long hair. Oh really Hippie. Yeah. The dude that smokes pot. Or am I thinking of Daisy Confused? I think I think of Daisy Confused. Daisy Confused. Yes. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. The Dazed. hippie. Yeah <laughs> yeah. The, yeah that that was uh oh, and also Oculus. Oculus brother. He's um, the Oculus brother. That's right. That's that was his other role. Anyway, so but you know, yeah. Uh, so he's investigating. He goes to the shed. He's
0: lured to the shed. And uh, and the you know the Wendigo. I feel like I feel like traps him. Yeah. Like I feel like in fully sentient knows what he's doing. Comes up right behind him, gores him right through the through the back, and the death. I mean, the scene takes one second. Like, yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, it's super quick just gores them throws them off the noises are great and with oh. the film the sound oh yeah yeah I, yeah I can't say enough about like animatronics good sound especially in a horror film yeah. right you need you really need um, you know for the for the immersion you know yeah, we, we brought this exactly. up a couple of weeks ago I want to I want to feel like I'm there watching like as an outsider yeah, or, eye, layers, or a bystander. Right. Yeah,
1: because it's got everything. We talked about the the character development, you're into the oh, story, yeah. and then just the sound of it, everything, the look of everything. So yeah, I didn't check but director of
0: photography and whoever did the cinematography. Did excellent. Excellent. okay. So uh then then the sheriff comes in. Yep. Uh gets lured in by the boy. Um and the Wendigo attacks him the same way he attacked Danny. Didn't doesn't kill him, kinda of throws him off to the side. Mm-hmm. And that's when Lucas gets grabbed, and the and and they go to the mine. Yes. And Carrie, uh, she knows it, and so she goes to the mine. Yeah, she gets the brother, checks on the brother. Yep. Pan, bandages him up or whatever, and yep. throws him in the truck. And yep, takes the yeah, the brother refuses to let her go alone. Dude, the
1: shot of her entering the mine. She's like walking up to the doorway, and you see the caution tape or whatever. Like it was like a like one of the great scenes that you would see in like a video game or something, where they, they it's like a dumb shot, like where they're approaching the, the the place to be. Yeah. And like there's wind blowing, there's rain, and Carey Russell is just excellent at conveying. Like she seems fragile when she needs to seem fragile, but she seems badass and has that sternness, like that face of determination oh, yeah. that is so. It just, it's
0: great. She was a total badass at, yeah. the, at the end of this film and, and, and the scene we're about to talk about. So she gets to the end of the mineshaft and it's literally just a showdown with the monster. Yeah. We get to see the full Wendigo down. You see the two kids and then she
1: keeps going. You know what's going to come? And, and she sees it and it's eating a yep. bear. It's, it just
0: yeah. killed a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we know from the Native American story That a Wendigo is weakest after it's fed, and this is important information because how else could Carrie Russell kill this thing? It had just fed, yeah. So this is this is it. Its weak point, her only opportunity to to put an end to it, yeah.
1: And the only way to
0: do is by extinguishing the fire, the fire of 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 that heart heart stone or whatever you want to call it. It's it's definitely uh, something uh, physical. It's not just this this ray of light right. or whatever, because she cuts it out of the thing mm-hmm. after the she's after like the fight. Singeing her hands, as yeah, her pulling. hands are burning. Yeah, yeah so the yeah. fight, the fight, uh, the fight was awesome, and and it and it wasn't too long, and it wasn't too short. I think it was like just right yeah. because something like this, um, if it was too quick, um, you know, we're all disappointed. If it was too long, it kind of doesn't make too much sense, right? Like. If it goes on long, Carrie probably dies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we do get a moment where uh, Carrie's going to lose this thing, but Lucas mm-hmm. has his knife. Yeah. And Lucas actually deals the quote unquote crippling blow or killing blow um, right at the end. She he he stabs the that heart stone with his knife. Yeah. Putting, and it collapses, and yeah. then she continues she to go to She she, knows, she takes the knife and cuts it which right Which, again, out. needed to... Uh, that's another
1: reason, I guess, why they needed the exposition with the Native American. Right. You need to be told, how do you defeat this? Right. You can't... you, go, Them going to the library and looking up Native American lore doesn't really make sense. Right, right. To then figure out, how do we get rid of this thing? And just killing it ruins the whole idea of it
0: being a, a neat supernatural being or whatever. Right. So... So, so okay. So they extinguish the flame. Yeah. And then... We're in for a fucking treat, yeah. Because the chest on the brother immediately lights up, yeah, it's and glowing. he starts to snarl and bones crack as his he starts to contort. And the, the kid, the, and Lucas is like, "No,
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, he's still there. you, yeah. Can't, you can't."
0: Yeah, and Carrie Russell just has has Lucas's knife and says it has to be this way, and just. We know what she yeah. does, and it happens off camera. Look at the flowers. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And she says that she's she's like says like she says something. She's like look away or something. Yeah. Like there's one part that took me away a little bit because I thought of Walking Dead Walk- and Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, and I, of me, thought Lucas is gonna not let her do not this. let her kill the with brother. her back yes. is turned. He's got that knife still. He's still right, holding it. Yeah, he doesn't trust her. He's gonna he's gonna protect his brother. I thought that might happen
0: as a twist. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they they do it handle it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um then we get a quick little wrap up, right? Uh the brother and her uh have now adopted Lucas. Uh Carrie wa- definitely wanted to and her brother Paul uh shoot, I can't remember. Um either way. Either way, uh definitely didn't want oh, Yeah, Paul, you're right. Paul definitely didn't want to. Um but you know, he's not too mad about it. They just like he just has like one off color comment about taking care of this kid now. Well and he delivers the line that is left to
1: interpret the ending where he says uh he's like he says something like I don't know, could you kill something that you loved? Right. And, and then the kid comes out the kid comes they out. they walk her and uh and Lucas, Lucas. walk away yeah. and then you
0: turn back, a pausable coughing fit. And you see, you see the black goo in his hand. Yeah, um, which which now we'll we'll flash back real quick. Um, when Lucas was feeding his father and brother, he was sneaking the human food to the brother. The second time he feeds them, when the brother eats the human food, he coughs it back up and spits up this black goo. Um, you know, kind of showing us that the brother's gone. He's 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 beyond he's he's unsavable at this point. He's, it says to the viewer: Lucas obviously mm-hmm. still loves his little brother. Probably believes that there's hope, but uh, at this mo- at that moment, we as the viewer think, well, now he's as far gone as the yeah. dad, right? He's just as as bad or, or as as whatever. There's yeah, no. That's turning. gonna end. Yeah,
1: there's gonna be another
0: Wendingo creature. Yeah. and it's gonna be in his body. Totally. I, I when that happened, I was like. There's two. I was I was like so excited. I was like, "There's gonna be a big one and a little one running around." Oh my god! Uh, on, you know, didn't get to see that unfortunately. But you know, we get this. We get this great, um, much more touching, emotional, you know, showdown sequence where she has to, to like murder an eight year old uh, who's yeah. about to turn into a wedding, you know. So you know, the uh, campy horror fan in me, uh, you know, lost out that day, but. As far as like uh, tense slow burn, so a slow burn creature feature. I mean, yeah, uh, th- this is this is like a werewolf movie, right? Like, yes, uh, werewolf movies. You go sixty minutes. You never, you don't even see the fucking thing, and then, yeah, a lot of time, and then the last yeah. half hour, um, you know, it's gruesome kills, chasing the werewolf around. Um, we didn't have as much action as something like that,
1: but you were rewarded during it to see. Pretty involved depictions of the violence after that it, it occurred. Oh yeah, no, 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 so, no,
0: I'm not saying that was a bad thing.
1: No, yeah, no, uh, I know. I'm just saying, like, but yeah, like, in some werewolf movies, you don't always see that. Like, it's just you know, it's happening. You don't always get to see
0: a reward throughout it. Yeah. So, so what I, you know, what you get from Antlers is a, a much better story. You know, there's a lot more emotion, a lot more tension. Than you get from a, your typical horror film, um, and you know you still get some some good gra- some good violence some good graphic violence even even yeah. as short as it was because you know you got Guillermo uh, in there he he loves to make his his shit look good yeah <laughs> um, it was
1: super um, it just it had all the elements that I would want in a horror movie and. Especially in a, a creature feature. type yeah.
0: and and of course with the with Paul at the end where he coughs the goo into his hand after surviving the attack. Yeah. Um, so we we get this is where the werewolf nod comes in uh, as the Wendigo has transmitted potentially the sickness to Paul um, one way or another. Right. Um, yeah, maybe he it's,
1: did pierce him, and I don't know if he necessarily
0: pierced. Uh, Carrie um, in the fight. Russell's yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. She we of... never
1: said anyone it,
0: Julia, but I don't even know if anyone ever said it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> she, so maybe she didn't get she, like, Yeah, She didn't get knocked around, but yeah. maybe she didn't get saliva that's the only thing or I, I'm blood so, I'm transfer. I'm don't feel
1: super great about that ending. I'd rather just not see that. Just let it be resolved. It was an awesome story. They defeated this malevolent right. spirit
0: being, and it was a cool story, and that's it, and it's done. So it as a horror film, though. Yeah. Uh, horror film endings even if they never make the sequel always tease the sequel right so so for me i felt like maybe they're not even thinking about antlers 2 and that was literally just a trope for the sake of of a trope like there's a horror movie make sure it ends like a sequel gotta put that in there i get Uh, that but also also you go back to the native american story one more time we'll go back to that well one more time yeah uh we don't know Sure. The pain that Paul suffered, right? The Wendigo could have just latched on to, pain, to right. Paul. That's the other thing, because the, of his pain, his sorrow. In the sorrow. beginning of the movie, you're right. Yes. yes. So, so just because of his proximity to the events, yeah. okay. he, he okay. was there when. I can, at the right, so I can so that. it might not be I biological.
1: Forgot the, I forgot about the text at the beginning of the movie, yeah, because that and that's what it talks about. Because it's like the the weak, the lost, the frail, yes, and meth heads that right. are struggling to survive mm. in this you know small town times. Yeah. yeah, small town uh, with no other lot in life. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that
0: so, interpretation, uh, and, and that that also you know lends some strength to. Um, how much of Carrie's backstory we see? How little of Paul's backstory we see? And that line that I it was one of the best moments in the film for me is when she's like giving him shit, and he's he just says, "You don't know what he did to me." Yeah, talking about the father. Um, I just loved that moment. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's so, a great interpretation. Yeah. That does. Make me feel a lot better about it. Closing on that. Well, right. We to don't interpret how it could have happened. Yeah. We don't want the wind to go to transmit biologically. Right. Right. Because then it's lycanthropy. It's so it's a aware creature. Yeah. Uh, we want this this myth about sorrow. Yeah. And and pain. And you don't see what happens
1: yeah. in the mind to the first two characters, so it doesn't really make sense that one is completely mutilated, taken somewhere else in the woods, and yet the father and right. son come back alive. Yeah. No, exactly. Because Oh, because we also didn't ever discuss in detail that where you see the flashback. Because three weeks, I think, time passes from whenever they get lost in the mind to when this starts happening with Lucas at school. Um, you don't see that the father locked himself in there with Lucas. Like, he helped build right. the barricade. Oh, yes, he yes, knew yes. what was happening. Something's no, not, not with right. Lucas. He locked himself in with the other Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I know. He helped with Lucas to to build it right. and told Lucas what to do as one Yeah. Them.
0: yeah. And so... Don't ever open this door. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like, so the yeah. to your point, he was okay for a little bit. He was shocked by what happened. Something happened up there, and he was able to come back down on his own accord. Yeah.
0: And then... It's safe to assume that since there were three of them, that maybe they killed the one to go. When it yeah. Was, and it just killed the other two. Yeah. And he just happened to survive it. That's perfectly... And then the spirit just latched on to him yes. because of his own sorrow. They lost the mother. He lost his wife. Yep. He's yeah. he's a meth addict or, and yeah, a meth dealer. There's making... plenty of... This gets much richer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, hey, guys, if you're listening, make the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We, Excellent. We definitely need more... Uh, Wendigos in our in our horror, we have plenty of werewolf movies, and and maybe ten percent of them are good. So let's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough to make a good werewolf. Yeah, there's only there's only a few. So, so yeah, let's for for one quick brief moment, let's touch on how hard it is to make a good creature feature, because it's all about the reveal, and once you've revealed it, there's no more shock. For the reveal, so now what do you do with this monster now that you've shown it? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why werewolf movies tank so hard. Um, you know the the story that the werewolf premise is built on is weak. Usually, yes. If, the, if there's no story, you have nothing after you reveal the werewolf. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's no. There's nowhere to go besides kill the werewolf, or the werewolf kills people. Right. Um, so in Wendigo, right, we have this this excellent story. Right. they take it their sweet ass time revealing the creature. Creature gets a couple of kills, has a has a destination built into the story. Yep. All of the main characters get to that destination, showdown, resolution, credits. Yeah. Like just a just a great great movie. I mean uh, I'm not going to give it a 10, you know. I'd probably give it sure. a, I'd probably give it a 7. Yeah. But a 7 for me is is a rewatch rating at six and six and under? I probably won't watch the movie again unless I think it was like good enough or campy enough to like make someone else watch, and I'll watch it with them. Yeah, but a, a seven, a solid seven. Yeah, it was solid. It wasn't. Yeah, it's it's still what it
1: is. It can't be <laughs> right. One it's of the best movies of all time. It's not going to be Schindler's but, List. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting. But uh, well, what it is, it's excellent. Yeah, it, and you need these kinds of films to bring people into the genre. Yeah, to celebrate the genre for the people that have been into it since they were kids. Like
0: it's yeah. it, it it is an excellent movie. Me giving it a seven is a compliment. When if you remember to someone not as astute or not as accredited <laughs> as ourselves, yeah.
1: they would consider it amazing. Yeah, and right. would pull them in. We know it
0: has. <laughs> has its flaws. We we look past those flaws. But, but to,
1: it it's it for the second for the, sake the, of the
0: genre. So, as I said uh, a couple weeks ago, I can't remember if I said it in our first episode or our second episode, IMDb gives all horror in its aggregation between a 4 and a 6. Antlers IMDb score is a 6, which is the <laughs> highest honor a horror movie could get <laughs> from IMDb. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7. Um, and you should definitely watch it while it's in theaters. Uh, I, I, another thing about antlers, uh, exclusively in theaters, not streaming. Yeah. Um, so, so catch it in theaters, um, before you have to watch it on your TV at home. Cause it is, it's, you know, Guillermo del Toro, man. Yeah, that's great. He, he like, he, he loves mm-hmm. building stuff. Mm-hmm. Hans Labyrinth has some of the best animatronics I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, Hellboy story. Hellboy. He wanted to do it a certain way, and like he made sure that he could. Yeah. First movie I I really enjoyed. Second movie I didn't, but doesn't matter. Both movies were full of amazing things to look
1: at. And I don't know if you ever saw, uh, but he does an animated series on Netflix, Cultural Hunters, that I watch with my kids. It is epic. Really. The way it starts, the first story, I'm totally into it. Um, It was an excellent animated tale okay. like and it all the world building that you see in hellboy where you like you see trolls in underworld like the the market that they go to in the second film sure. it's like all in cartoon anima- like you know the high resolution type cool stuff not uh too anime style type um fictitious things but it's excellent um i highly recommend that if anyone has kids what was it called um troll hunters troll hunters troll hunters
0: tales of arcadia okay so let's uh Let's just focus over to Guillermo. Yep. Deep dive. Guillermo, yeah, Guillermo del Toro, um, who you know he he uh, gets a lot of acclaim for being a horror director. But when you go over his his roster, I mean, he got his start on Mimic, right? I mean, there was some stuff before that, Chronos, uh, and yeah, I um, think
1: Chronos is I think what most people would say would probably be his entry. Uh, yeah entry into filmmaking but um, as far as US release right, that's what, where that's he became what I'm known about, yeah. was,
0: uh, was through Mimic through Mimic um, which I remember watching uh, in high school and uh, I mean I really enjoyed it yeah I thought
1: I had fun uh, and but I always confused that I only mean, saw it in high school and I had fond memories and so that makes me believe that I it was actually pretty good then but maybe not a great movie so I hadn't rewatched it in a long time but I always confused it with the relic because it just it, the names are similar.
0: Yeah, and, and they're both a bug it, creature. Yeah, it was a very similar <laughs> film. I remember they came out the same year. Um, I, I remember watching both, and I think one of them is good, and the other one is not, and I can't remember which is which. Right. I think Mimic was good, and the Relic was not. That's right. my guess.
1: Because I think the Relic was more the schlocky
0: one, where it was just like. It didn't have a, a cool story. It was just like, it was some,
1: it's, a, it's a, a scientist that works in a museum, and they brought something back. And they brought something back. <laughs> and that's all it is.
0: Yeah, and it just it just kills things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Hollywood likes to do that, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, especially back then. They were doing it all the time, right?
1: And it just leads to more confusion with everything. But, like, uh, so what the only other two that I really remember are uh, Death by Asteroid movies.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, we had
1: like Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon and, Armageddon and, and uh, Deep, Impact, Deep Impact. The Morgan Freeman, Elijah Wood uh, film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the wattos receded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just yeah. remember him speaking. As the president, black president. <laughs> okay. hey. Oh. It came to pass. Yeah, definitely had Morgan it time. Morgan <laughs> Freeman laid the groundwork for Barack Obama. <laughs> so,
0: uh, we also had like uh, um, Volcano. Volcano which was yeah, Volcano with Volcano's one, yeah. And with
1: Tommy Lee. Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. And and uh uh what is her name? Uh 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 Terminator. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Linda
0: Hamilton. Linda Hamilton.
1: Ableton,
0: yes. Ableton,
1: yeah. Oh yes. Um But it is those all had fun death scenes with people just getting destroyed by lava. Yeah. Okay, but so they, they did. is there another uh couple that you can think of though? Because I remember those ones vividly and it's funny mimic and relic seem to be the same thing
0: yeah um, but i
1: guess that the idea is like the scripts are out there and another production com- company would just get wind of they're doing this uh, and they would try to beat them to the punch so that's them, what yeah. was happening right what it what
0: it evolved into is kind of what i i deemed like the sci-fi original mess sure. which is like they're they're releasing. And actually just happened this year too. So so let's just talk about this one. Okay. So the Dune remake comes out. Yeah. Sci fi straight to T V no. did did a Dune movie. What? And it literally has the word Dune in the title because you can't copyright that shit. Dune, um, where's my car? Yeah, Dune. <laughs> um <laughs> Where is it? I'm looking it up right now. We're Dune gonna...
1: where's my sand crawler? <laughs> yeah. So how uh, many how many IPs can we jump off of? Yeah.
0: Um. Come on. Unfortunately, you search Dune sci-fi, and a lot of things happen. I uh, imagine. Maybe, maybe it's uh 2021. A, I got to put 2021. A
1: different sand planet. It's not Arrakis. It's, it's yeah. It's definitely
0: not Arrakis. <laughs> um but it's 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 hilarious i oh you've seen no i I didn't watch it but i went as far as to read the synopsis i'm like i gotta Uh know what this movie's about and they literally are on a desert planet fighting sandworms as the as the entire plot of the film yeah well Um, i mean
1: because yeah they would do a lot of that with it's like okay this new marvel thing is out so let's do something that's sort of like that um but it happened most so more so with different um horror ones where they would just do cheap like when game of thrones and things they would do a, a cheap dragony type thing or with lord of the rings i remember they would do different kind of troll type stuff would come out um fantasy type things where they would just do awful graphics that you would have seen on your oh Windows yeah screen. yeah on somebody
0: made rates. it on their laptop and yeah and you know it probably starred kevin sorbo Sure. Who who I love, and I'm not dissing at all in the, in this moment. But he he was in he played like the the Merlin or the Gandalf type character in this uh, series of fantasy films yeah. that I think started like probably right around the times of Lord of the Rings. And they've made like eight or nine of these. I think they're just called like Mystaria or Myster Mystaria is like the title, and then yeah. you've got a subtitle for every sure. movie. And he's in he's in all of them. And uh, and the movies are obviously all very different. The casts are all very different, but the only thing that uh, remains is Kevin Sorbo, who who I love. He's he's great. I do. Yeah, yeah. Hercules. Hercules. Oh, it's called Planet Dune. What? It's called Planet Dune. Um, It's a, a crew on a mission to rescue a marooned base on a desert planet turns deadly when the crew finds themselves hunted and attacked. By the planet's apex predators: colon, giant sandworms! Exclamation point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too bad.
0: Oh yeah. Yep, and you know, you shameless. F- you flip through the cast, and you don't know a single one of these yeah, guys, of unless unless you watch Sci Fi Originals, because then you probably yeah, know everybody. I, I
1: heard they might have tapped on the Day of the Dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so mimic, um, re- mimic, and relic. And right. Then- so
1: from what I've heard, uh, he was he did mimic, but he hated doing mimic. Okay. This was uh, the Weinstein Weinstein uh, company had so much, they wanted to direct so much and just pull his artistic license and freedom away and say, this, no, this has to be done this way, or you have to do it like this and you need to do this. They had so much oversight and manipulation that it really ruined the whole experience for him. And he acknowledges like, yeah, it, it's not what he wanted. And that's why it might not, um, it kind of flopped or it wasn't as big. And you know, as, as it's not a pinnacle movie of his in the same kind of way, but it, it kind of tainted it a little bit. Right. And that's why he then leaves yeah. To go back to Mexico and do his films, and that's when he makes the next film. The Devil's um, Backbone. Yeah,
0: the yeah, Devil's Backbone. Uh, now, uh, be- back to me for just half a second. Yeah. The sci-fi horror that year was Species, and everybody uh, yeah. wanted, and everybody was trying to beat Species, and nobody did. Species was great. I so, love Species. The, yeah, the first one was was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You put Alfred Molina and um, and Ben Kingsley in a movie? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, they could do anything together i would watch it sure absolutely um so he comes back to america <laughs> to hollywood for the best of the blade trilogy blade 2 yeah
1: um he's known for having a passion and a love of comic book uh, characters and that's what gets him to doing his, his next feature after blade 2 but it's like his first foray into doing that kind of a film um where he clearly is starting to refine just uh, how to have fun with a story, but like add all the cool details and um, like the lore of the world that those characters exist in and really flesh it out in a visceral or visual, uh, exciting and interesting way. Um, Because the other films he's done thus far are more subdued. Like Devil's Backbone is a, a cool ghost story. A lot of good imagery, and you can see a lot of the uh, what happens in Pan's Labyrinth coming from Devil's Backbone, but um, like it lays ground mark for that. But Blade Two is the first time where he's like really uh, creating a, a more fantastical universe and learning how to do it and tell a story in a different kind of way because of the the subject matter being comic
0: book. Right, and um, he moves on from Blade Two to uh, Hellboy, which. Uh, Love It or Hate It was just a great, great comic book movie. I loved it, yeah, yeah. The first Hellboy, great comic book movie. And
1: apparently he fought, and it took a lot of arguing to get uh, Ron Perlman to right. cast in uh, Hellboy.
0: Who who was in Kronos. He had worked with him in Kronos. So, you know, maybe maybe they were friends, or maybe he just thought Ron Perlman was perfect for, for Hellboy. Yeah, I mean, and, the, the visually <laughs> it seems perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think there could have been a better cast. After watching the film... I don't want to see anyone other than Ron Perlman play Hellboy.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like just certain actors are made for certain roles. Yeah. You know, and you, they just embody it or they just have the look and you can't picture anyone. Or even
0: him. the attitude. Like Ron Perlman's, yeah, exactly. Ron Perlman's other characters, even his bit roles in other films um, or, or his main roles. You know, you talk uh, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Uh, he plays Hel- he's Hellboy. He's just, you know, just a <laughs> space guy just same attitude, same, every, you know, um, and that's what we like about Ron Perlman, Right. And then of course his, his, uh, his tour de force there, Fans Labyrinth is next. And, uh, his highest rated film, I would say it's his best film easily. Yeah. Um, was definitely the best, you know, horror fantasy movie, um, of 2006. Uh, just, just what, I mean, I don't think anybody can say a bad word about Pan's Labyrinth.
1: Yeah, so I I kind of relate it, or it makes me think of the pianist. Okay. <laughs> just in the sense that, like, so Pan's Labyrinth, uh, it's Nazi Germany. Yep. Uh, and this kid's living through it, and there's all this fantasy around that's happening. That's this distraction, and but also, like, this dichotomy that's just reinforcing things. And it's kind of funny to me to think about it in this lens like the pianist was trying to do the same thing except it was what's his face making it out to seem like this was like a game for his kid so his kid didn't see the horrors of the war i don't know I, re- I relate the two in my head i just can't separate them it's just me they <laughs> think of them it's a silly <laughs> relationship but i think it's funny um but yeah Pan's Labyrinth, uh hellboy so he- blade kind of started it but hellboy accentuated all the unique characters and creature design which is what now he's when we're talking about antlers, where he's really like he knows how to do a goddamn creature. Oh yeah, and so Hellboy had a ton of uniqueness, but Pan's Labyrinth, some of those monsters, uh, just everyone knows the the yeah, eyes do the it. eyeballs guy, yeah,
0: who played Abe in Hellboy, yeah, who, yeah. So he had already worked with him, uh, you know, bringing the guy back, um, and and yeah, and well, the uh, the Seder himself yes. was was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the antlers monster, the Wendigo, and you, you can see the Saturn from, yeah. from, uh, from Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth in that creature. Like, cause it was, it was just so big. i mm-hmm. just, oh, just, just gorgeous work. Yeah. Um, so then after Pan's Labyrinth, he, uh, well, he let's had... talk about 2006 real quick. Yeah. Okay. We'll as <laughs> far as what happened during <laughs> that year. Slither, Silent Hill, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Really? All came out that year. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer was 06, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and Slither, one of my favorite camp horror movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Right? Over the top, just fun. So even with those three movies coming out, Pan's Labyrinth definitely takes the title um, for best horror of that year. Okay, next was Hellboy 2, correct?
1: Yep, Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. So, just more fleshing out the universe that Hellboy exists in, more creatures, more puppetry, more costume, more makeup, oh, uh, yeah. more set design, just over the top everything about the Hellboy universe, but just like dialed up to an 11.
0: Yeah, I would say, um, as much as I did not like Hellboy 2 as a movie, um, beautiful movie yes like visually yeah
1: the story and everything is not as interesting you know because it's they're not doing anything that much more creative and new and exciting with the story and the characters it's just like these are them here's an adventure they're on yeah and so that's like okay and yeah, yeah there's a ton of cool shit in it
0: yeah there, there was not a lot of um risk yeah uh, taken uh, that's fair. With, with the story right um after that pacific rim yeah that pacific rim was fun
1: pacific rim the original pacific rim was great
0: yeah uh great action movie uh just like i and you know i you know how i feel about cg
1: sure yeah th- this had to be a lot yeah, yeah. Of cg
0: but uh, but still very well done yeah um Really, really enjoyed Pacific Rim. Who's the casting? Was it the guy from... Uh...
1: So Idris Elba, and uh, but the lead main dude. Was it the guy from Sons of Anarchy, or was it the other guy? Uh, I can't remember. Let me get his name. We'll pull it up. But, so, I liked it because, I mean... it. Yeah, yeah this... Char-
0: Charlie Hunnam.
1: Okay. Yeah, the guy from Sons of
0: Anarchy, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had some Charlie Day in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Pacific Rim, as we were talking before about Mimic, Pacific Rim had a ripoff movie. It did? Yes, it did. Am I blanking on this one? Yeah, it was called like Atlantic something and it was terrible. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was like it was like the sci-fi ripoff movie, right?
1: Yeah. So how did it all happen? Because like, I'm trying to remember when Pacific Rim came out, um, there were, it just got the ball rolling on giant mech? And movies, right? Like, and so.
0: Yep, oh, it was actually called Atlantic Rim.
1: Atlantic Rim, okay.
0: <laughs> yep, had a budget of five hundred thousand dollars, put out by the Asylum <laughs> in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> this is the same same company, I'm pretty sure. That does all those uh those sci fi originals. Yep, Sharknado and Z Nation. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah oh yeah.
1: So the but the monsters in Pacific Rim the kaiju the kaiju are they somehow related to the Godzilla universe also?
0: I don't know if it was direct, but it was definitely a nod. Yeah. Okay. Right. The whole the whole film is a nod to Godzilla.
1: They're not canon, canonically uh,
0: related, right? I don't. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Okay. Um, but you know, who doesn't love kaiju? Yeah. Right. And then and giant robots. I mean, it's. You know, it feels like uh, an episode of Power Rangers turned into a movie, right? right? Or uh, or Ultraman, if you yeah. go back a little further. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh,
1: after Pacific Rim, uh, then he starts to get more into uh, horror again.
0: Yeah, he brings he brings it back with the Strain. Yeah. Um, which uh, I only watched season one, and I really really enjoyed. Um, I didn't read it though.
1: Right. So he write he co authors it with I uh, can't remember the guy for some reason I want to say it's Chuck Hogan, I could be wrong. Chuck Hogan could be a co author or something to something else, but I think I, I think I'm right. Anyways, the book is excellent. Uh, it's a modern day take on Nosferatu and vampire lore. So the way it's written, in the way they kind of do it in the show, it's like okay. It, Dracula, more or less, is dropped in New York City. What's going to happen? And it's awesome. Uh, because they just... And the way the book is written, it is it is so much better than TV. So I saw a couple episodes. I couldn't watch it because I'd already been so familiarized with the characters in the book. But the way it's written is just great. They, It's just like it's just like with all the other films that we've talked about with his Standout characters that have deep history that are done well, that you care about that you want to see interact in this world that he's making and you're invested in it. And the show I think is doing executed it because they did it for a while. They made several seasons, but the book is excellent. It's completely different. I don't know how much he was involved in writing. It might just been like, here's the idea. You're the writer. Go do the details, <laughs> but here's what you need to write about. Right. And I'll make sure it's okay. But yeah, it was a really cool story. The idea of it is fun. You know, a modern day tale of, uh, of Dracula is just something fun that I would be interested in getting
0: into. Uh, After that or during that, he uh, took some time to do Crimson Peak. Right. Which, um, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I actually enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Now I, I didn't watch it until this year. Uh, I just happened to throw it on. I think it popped up on Netflix and uh, oh, I was like, oh, Guillermo del Toro, Tom Hiddleston, uh, oh, it's it's, it's Hun- Hunnam again, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and for you know, once again, Guillermo del Toro, he really he really knows how to visually create a scene. Uh, you get to the end of the movie, you've got the underground, you've got the blood pools. Um, you've got the snow, mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of like great imagery, uh, especially the contrasting of the red, right? Um, uh, he's got the clay machine going, and that's red clay and it's white snow, and it's 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 all very beautiful. Yeah. Um, as a, as a horror movie,
1: eh. Yeah, it, 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 meh. it meh, was very yeah.
0: As a, wise. the story, though, I really, really enjoyed. So at the end of this movie, I'm like, i I'm like, eh, like, I'm going to watch it again, probably not. Will I talk about this movie because I really enjoyed this story? Yes, I will. Um, you know, Garman Totoro wrote and directed it. Um, so probably also based on a novel he wrote, I would assume, or a graphic novel, at least.
1: I'm not sure about that.
0: Yeah, um... Yeah, maybe maybe it was an original screenplay. I mean, any way you look at it, um, obviously the brother sister twist was was pretty obvious. I don't think it was shocked mm-hmm. anybody. Sure, um, but it was still it was still good, and I think it was good because I believed it. Like, yeah, I didn't. You know, the ghost premonitions that she suffered, warning her about friends and people. Eh, right eh. yeah but the actual events how they unfolded pretty good story like, yeah I, I kind of enjoyed it
1: well like it's just the idea of there being a, you know a mansion or a house or a location and a character or characters are brought to it and things happen it's like it's just such well laid groundwork already it's been so done I don't think it brought a ton of stuff new and exciting. But that's it's critical, but that's yeah, so that's all it is It's, it's I feel like it's, it's something you've already seen even if you hadn't seen it.
0: Yeah In my rating when I rate things I, I go to ten sure. um, A seven and up I will watch again a six and below I will not <laughs> yeah. uh, I give Crimson Peak a six because I did enjoy <laughs> it, but I just I definitely won't watch it again. Okay
1: so then uh, after Crimson Peak is uh, probably what he's modernly known for as being the best of his films, and that's The Shape of Water.
0: Which I have not seen.
1: I, I have also not seen
0: it. Yeah, but I've heard that it is excellent.
1: Yeah, well, so it's visually... I don't remember which awards it won, but it uh, no, it won Best Picture that year.
0: I'm pretty sure in the Oscars.
1: Hmm. I think it, it was awarded Best Picture.
0: I'm checking right now. Yeah, double check We'll that find again. out. Um...
1: But I feel like it's like it was a... Um, I don't know how these kinds of things happen. It's just whatever people want to do. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, it was that... You best know,
0: director, best film, best score.
1: But a lot of it, I think, is the timing of when it came out. And you can't always trust your words. Like, okay, it was different. It was about love between two uh, characters that should not be in love or aren't allowed to be in love. And, star and You know, mm-hmm. in the past... Five years culturally there's been so many changes in what is perceived as uh you know, like you know what i mean it's just it's it seemed the timing of it it lended itself to an award season type movie uh it just it just kind of happened at the right time right place but even even still the, the what i've seen i does look really good it's just the story didn't seem as interesting to me and so i
0: just never bothered to sit down just yeah big michael shannon fan though i would sure. uh, i would watch it just for him uh since the shape of water uh until antlers uh just some good stuff looks yeah. like uh, troll hunters yeah, troll hunters and uh, three below which is also tales of arcadia
1: yeah troll hunters so three below is like um the troll hunters story is excellent it really does remind me a lot of hellboy if you're into hellboy and whenever they went to the market with all those other characters that are um well some are trolls and other things elves and whatnot wizards and things uh troll hunters tales of arcadia is in that kind of a universe but it's really and it's really cool a little u.s born uh an american kid comes across the troll universe and now has to take on the mantle of troll hunter to fight the bad trolls and he's trained by other good, uh, characters and it's, it's awesome. The three below is like a, a spin-off in that universe. And those characters end up coming together to, to be in a new movie that just came out this year, uh, rise of the Titans in draw mm. hunters. I just watched that a little while ago. The kid. <laughs> it's a very good kid movie. Um, I,
0: and since he only produced, um, antlers, although we definitely see a lot of his, uh, influence in the film, Uh, he did produce uh, the Witches uh, remake that came out straight to HBO streaming, I believe. Oh, did he? Um, Which I did not watch. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Angelica Houston original um, as a kid. Uh, Although I do love Anne Hathaway and I do love Stanley Tucci, uh, I have not given this one a shot uh, yet. I, I definitely will watch it. I just haven't gotten to it.
1: So, what's interesting, and this is one that maybe we'll do another little snippet, is it's coming out in December, is is a new film that he has both written and is directing, and it's Nightmare Alley. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure that I saw the trailer for this when I went to see, um, what's it called? Uh, Antlers. If I'm correct and it looked very interesting um so we'll see okay there's that and then I guess the next thing coming up on his IMDb is uh Pinocchio
0: for next year He's, right which is that supposed to be a horror too darker version of yeah. the classic yeah. children's fairy tale yeah and and Nightmare Alley is uh what's this noir crime drama starring, yeah. starring Bradley Cooper and Cate Blanchett yes with Willem Dafoe and Ron Perlman Tim Blake Nelson this is everybody yeah, it looked. The trailer was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, this cast is uh, this cast is excellent. Uh, yeah, it looks like I'll be. Yeah, we'll revisit. Yeah, we'll we'll have, have <laughs> see how Nightmare Alley goes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, this week in horror. Yeah. Uh, we had Chucky episode three. Let's start with Chucky because um, I'm so excited about chucky uh episode one episode two just so good building this this great world yeah for um, me
1: two really just tightened it up because the things that i didn't like about the first episode got resolved in episode two right uh for me in episode one the the there's so much driven in the plot with like the music and the background him walking on the bus and i was like it's just i don't get the music thing and uh, what's the deal and and episode two they like kind of it tonally it just seemed like a different kind of movie it was more sure-footed and uh or serious and the way it was getting and also the puppetry with chucky was starting to get really more fun and it, where he's interacting in a different way um, so yeah so it changed and now so of three i'm like yeah I'm, I'm on board now to keep to keep going on
0: well yeah uh, so episode three we get um uh, we get more charles lee ray uh flashbacks we get more of his origin story um, how he uh, killed his mother um, while hiding with her in the closet as a serial killer kills his father. So he, we don't know what happens. The serial killer opens the closet to kill who's, whoever's in there, and Charles Lee Rice says, did I do a good job?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't see that coming. Like it it seems oversimplified. Like I don't really buy it, but okay, yeah. sure. Uh I mean, his father. Uh, the the guy was going after his father, like, like Michael Myers. Oh, was in yeah. He kills well, absolutely. He was just sniping was the just, guy yeah. in the back,
0: not, like <laughs> repeatedly. It
1: was pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was uh, it was a good kill, um, and and this is how this is where it started. That was his first kill, and um, we get to see how messed up Charles Lee Ray's backstory really is. Yeah, and
1: and, and it's all in service of trying to let chucky because because jake is asking him like what how did you get into this or what did you do and so chucky's trying to like encourage him to embrace his dark side and he wants to relate and tell him about his past and so the whole time chucky's narrating more of this episode talking about things he did in the past and it's relating to what jake jake is now doing in the future in current and that's a neat twist it's always fun to listen to
0: brad dorf doing his voice brad dorf's Is is half the reason I watch the yeah. show. For and sure. When he holds up his little chucky hands and he goes, You ever try strangling someone with these? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, yeah. like that's that's why we watch.
1: Right. All the jokes and ways that you can like play with the fact that yes, it's it's absurd. It's a it's a possessed children's doll that's doing all these things but the the soul of a serial killer. <laughs> so it's yeah. hilarious. And they just accept it, like yeah, this is it. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Episode three is um, Lexi has kids over during the day. The parents leave for whatever reason, and and she's trying to watch the sister. So, but and she goes to Jake because the sister wants the doll. Right. So, so she goes to Jake's place.
0: Right, and and Jake and Jake is uh, Jake is. Posed with a with a conundrum of, do I plant Chucky to kill Lexi, and become this this monster?
1: Right, because the episode started, he's uh, he tried to do he it. He tried. He, he
0: was, tried to kill Lexi, the, but he couldn't bring himself to it. Well, he also it, he ran up on Junior. He ran up on Junior. He thought Junior was Lexi, yeah. right? So everyone's. Uh, so yeah.
1: So he's wondering, like, am I going to be able to do this? Do I have the wherewithal to see it through? Or is there another way to do it? Can he just do it for me? Because I don't think I can. Right. You're right. Yeah. He's so, he's thinking of it.
0: Yeah, so he's so he he does. In in the end he does decide I can let Chucky do this for me. I
1: thought it was hilarious though when when Lexi comes back over to confront him, to like say, like, hey, can I have the doll or whatever before he decides to let her have the doll because of the uh, that he'll take care of business for. The shot of him in the garage looking at each weapon what can I use? What am I, what can I, what feels right? And then she sneaks, she walks up and he's like, still holding it, thinking about it. Like he's, do I do this now?
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Jake goes through some serious shit. in Episode three, like some internal stuff. Do I have what it takes to be a killer? Am I a monster? Mm-hmm. Um, can I do this? Should I do this? Uh, and
1: he's thrown off when Lexi is somewhat apologetic. It's not a true apology. Right. She's bullshitting her way through it, and he knows that, but like, it throws him for a loop a little bit because he's like, wait, what are you apologizing for? So when it's clued in that Chucky's going to take care of this for him, then he acquiesces. He brings the doll over. Yeah. He gives like, the
0: doll to the sister. Plants yeah. the doll. Uh, Lexi has this party. Where every, yeah, a every, day party. A day party where everyone's wearing... The same Bluetooth headphones and just kind of raving out. Is that real technology? I I didn't yeah. realize it was a real technology. Yeah, yeah. It they, they, fun. they have like silent raves and stuff where I, people would, I would like love ra- to do that. Like, and they're all listening to the same thing. And that yeah, sounds that's great. Def- definitely r- real stuff. <laughs> it just uh, – I couldn't. I we're, like, just really? we're just too old yeah probably
1: <laughs> but it seemed uh, it was just funny it was also during the day and I was like I don't
0: think these guys are doing any
1: drugs oh no the one kid did bring me alcohol that's right yeah uh
0: Oliver yes, yes Oliver
1: who Junior is jealous of but maybe not entirely just jealous. is he jealous of Oliver or is he jealous of Lexi oh, I don't no, know
0: we don't know we do know that Chucky kills Oliver <laughs> Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> um, he's going to kill Lexi with his, you know, with his classic knife. Yep. And uh, he turns the corner and finds Oliver and says, Oh, fuck. I got to kill this guy now. He saw me. <laughs> That's what he says to he you. Literally he literally says, oh, says oh, it. Fuck. Oh, yeah. well, well, I guess you're dying. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and it just, like, comes in. It just chases him down. Yeah, um, and more POV
1: of, of the Chucky doll through the house whenever he got into that room to to find what he thought was Lexi. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, so we get a good kill, um, and and he does he
1: does track Lexi down too. Yeah, she's taken a respite from the party to smoke a
0: joint. Yep, yeah. and uh, the the somehow the cast off uh, lights a curtain on fire. Yeah, and uh, the whole he, yeah he
1: jumps on her. And that's it. Fl- it falls out of her mouth. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the whole place is burning down, and uh, the last thing we see is Chucky come just coming up on her, and she screams, and and we get the credits. Yeah. Um. Overall, just a really great episode. Um. Oh. Um. Did Jake have remorse and come to the to this party?
1: No, he leaves and i can't recall if he's at cemetery
0: oh, oh like visiting his dad yeah
1: visiting, yeah the, the grave
0: oh right 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 his yeah. both because both of his parents were they were buried next to each other right. i do remember this scene. yeah
1: so yeah. i don't recall if that's happening at the end of this episode or at the beginning of the next episode right right okay <laughs> so, well you know they run together yeah 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 so uh but yeah and i think that that's uh, i can't recall so it's sorry. another great thing about
0: um you know any kind of serialized uh television um when it's done the way this is done it feels like a really long movie yeah you know? yeah
1: and that's what it, yeah it's what it is i guess yeah.
0: You know, when it, every episode is not a one-shot, it is a perfectly continuous, uninterrupted story. Yeah, um, and for
1: the most part, they're, they're creating more dynamic characters. Lexi's more interesting now. You know, oh, she's absolutely. surviving a Chucky attack, seemingly. Uh, yep. Yeah. Her other potential love interest has just got killed. Um, Jake has now got another layer of questioning. Going yeah. with it, but not going with it. So uh,
0: inter- another interesting thing to point out is how Chucky's trying to manipulate Jake into becoming a killer. Chucky's also trying to manipulate Lexi's younger sister, who, yeah. who we believe is on the spectrum. Sure, um, she's definitely gifted in some ways. Yeah, she has. She had got bouts. She's lashing
1: out different things.
0: You know, but he's also trying to to turn her into a killer. Yeah. So Chucky's just just all sorts of bad. Right. Um. And you know we're yeah we're seeing different sides of characters in this episode. Um, so if you're not watching Chucky yet, get on it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, I can't remember the the title. I like to be hugged. Did I like it, to was be that, hugged. Yeah. Reference? Did you did he say that? Was that referenced somewhere in the episode?
0: I don't know if it if it was referenced, but I can't remember. We know that that is one of his classic lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Great. So yeah. yeah, get
1: on it if you haven't seen it. Catch up. Uh, they are quick watches.
0: Oh yeah, they go through. They feel so fast. Yeah, because because you're you're it's full full joy, like yeah the you know the the story the comedy the kills it's they're forty five minutes they feel like twenty uh, and you just wish they they were longer. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we have. Uh, so we're gonna move
1: on to next show next I, show. Know, what I know what you did last
0: summer I what
1: you did last summer this is going to be episode 5 mukbang
0: mukbang and
1: it opens with my probably least favorite character uh, Margot, yes. stuffing her face
0: right right because she's having a, she's she's binging again yeah. because yeah. of the anxiety and stress of the murders. yeah,
1: yeah it's backstory uh, I don't really care about her, though, and the backstory whatever struggle. She's a shitty person, so right. I don't really care. Yeah, I get you're struggling with something, but you're outwardly shitty, right. and you're inwardly shitty. I guess that makes sense.
0: All we really want is to see you die. But it
1: was super gross. <laughs> the eating was super gross. I was uncomfortable watching it. was like, this is disgusting. Because even if you're just filming this, you're doing a couple takes, even a couple of these, I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day doing those two. And she just keeps going. It was pretty over the top. Yeah. I've seen a few uh after school uh
0: <laughs> Specials. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I remember one. It was the same time. Do you not remember the one did you ever see the one a sidebar, the kid finds the gun and he's like painting a model of a werewolf in that episode did you ever see that one it's like there's a kid and it's about like don't play with guns because i think a kid gets killed and shot with a gun at the end of it but but like the whole episode he's painting a little monitor uh monitor jesus (laughs) model miniature of a werewolf so it stands out and i think in that same arc there was one where a girl is in the back of like a bronco or something and she's got like just bags of chips and desserts and everything and she's sitting in the back of it and she's eating it, and she's just gonna go throw it all up Anyways. it shocked me i think right. at that age and so sure. i don't like watching
0: people do that well i'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure someone is glad to know that the after school special actually had an effect on a person
1: yeah it worked out yeah
0: i have not- we know that the, this is your brain
1: except except Did there's been help. times when i've been like I kind of want to throw up everything I just ate, and I've tried, and I can't do it.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think we've all been there.
1: There's certain things I can eat that'll elicit it, but I can't stick a finger in my throat.
0: No, I definitely can't do that either.
1: Sorry, it was just can't throw. That's not the whole episode. So let's move on. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I know you did that somewhere episode five uh, Mukbang. Um, this is. I like this episode um, for progressing the story. Uh, there was a lot more interactions between the characters that are left and trying to figure out what's going on with the mystery the the who done it that we're dealing with in this whole story so the episode mainly revolves around everyone going through detailed interviews with the police right so that other deputy was killed there's now the stand-in uh, very kind of unassuming uh, mild-mannered but physically uh, intimidating uh female police officer who seems kind of dimwitted, but is actually kind of smart from time to time with the scenes with the way that she's talking about stuff she's very by the book and procedural so it's similar to the first guy but she's kind of more comical in a serious way uh and anyway so it's and then now there's that other detective um i can't which i can't remember where they're from the person that discovers the by the end of this episode the frozen spider connection um she's the one in the white blouse I don't remember her job title. She's always with the, the, the cop, the sheriff, uh, Lila, or Lila, Lyle, 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 I think that's Lila. Yeah. I don't remember who's that, Who what her actual role is. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so they're all everyone's going through interviews. And so this is where uh, Allison, uh, a.k.a. Lennon, needs to be on our game because a lot of the story and the questions she's going to ask are about, you know, <laughs> everything that's going on. And she knows like, okay, well, I'm not really, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so there's layers upon layers of what right. she's supposed to say. And not so that like the tension of that and the way that they shoot it was interesting because it goes from one character to the next to the next and there are instant questions right. and just being grilled. Uh, it was kind of interesting
0: to see how everyone
1: answered different things.
0: Right. I mean the, there, there was a, a pretty glaring uh, issue with the um, the the OnlyFans account, right? Um, so that's Lennon using Allison's name, um, and Allison is the one who's supposed to be dead because we have Allison posing as Lennon but we know that Allison would never have an OnlyFans account. Sure. So, um, you know, how difficult would it be to find out that that OnlyFans account actually belonged to Lennon? And now you have to talk to Allison as Lennon about her OnlyFans account. Right. Um, so they're they're they've created a, a weird kind of I don't know, B plot that is probably gonna go off into nothing because Yeah, it's just
1: unresolved. Yeah. It's B- just it's a it's a plot hole that won't get, filled. Won't get can't get filled.
0: Yeah. Can't get filled. Because it can only lead to, to more trouble or yeah. or to the to the revelation of of allison's true identity which well, maybe that's yeah, well, how maybe that's
1: how it gets it there yeah. it's just like because it could seem like it's just one of those things where it's like oh this will make the story more interesting and so we'll throw this in there there's an OnlyFans; fans it's relevant because that's what people do now and it makes her seem like a more tragic figure and i think they thought of that like that's a cool idea but then they didn't think through what the ramifications when now it's it exists in the universe and other characters know about it but they're
0: blaming it on a different it just you know it doesn't really also, Margot participates. Yeah, in, one of the in is of our, yeah. So how how does Margot, at the very least, not get that this Allison is actually out that this Lennon is actually else right? L- like it's weird, like to to know somebody at that intimate level. Yeah, uh, you know it's
1: but that's the question. Yeah,
0: you know I I, I agree that I enjoyed the episode and that the show's getting better the more I watch of it. Um, but this episode in particular was like throwing a bunch of stuff at the walls and and I don't know how much of it was going to stick.
1: Right. So they're doing the interviews. I'm trying to think, uh, what else is going on? If it really just does, I can't, I think that this one just, it just jumps right to, the interviews are over for the kids, but now they're going to interview Clara, who is our one primary suspect after all the events thus far.
0: Right. One of the hippie-esque potential cult members that survived from back in the day, maybe. Who yeah. knows? That yeah, Knows about the cult. So, yeah. Definitely. You know. Yeah. Definitely was on the beach in the saw background. Them night. Saw them that Saw Dylan, night. Dylan that other yeah, day. Yeah. Um apparently married Bruce.
1: Yeah. So yeah, by the end of the episode <laughs> they so yeah, so okay, so the kids take the opportunity to go root through her shit. Yeah. To go to her place and try to find out some answers because they all suspect her. She's now occupied with the cops and they're gonna go look at so it's a giant compound. That used to be where they all the cultists were living, where they oh, all died. She
0: also drives a big the yeah, big, big black, black pickup, pick which, I, which I, we've like talked
1: everybody. about before. <laughs> which sidebar outside of where today, where I was at, there were four black pickups of the guys I work with. So it's a real thing. <laughs> it's not just Hawaii. Yeah. Everybody on that track. Uh, so they all go to her place, and they're they're seeing everything. They're going through all of her stuff. They see the spiders that they that the cops know about as being real. So we know that there's going to be a connection there eventually because they talk about it during the interview. Or they're looking at the spiders, and then you see the spiders in in the place that the kids are walking by. But like you just said, the big evidence room that uh, Lennon slash Allison discovers is that there's photo albums. She happens to go through just the right photo album. That's how it goes. That fate, fate, does what fate does. Oh yeah. And she sees a photo of her father and Clara, and what looks like a wedding
0: ceremony as a couple. Yes. Uh, and, of course, uh, they stay too long. Naturally. And uh, the homeowner must return. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, no chill.
1: <laughs> right. With zero chill.
0: Yeah, right. She, she returns. And she,
1: she comes back. She knows uh, these are the fucking kids that are in my house.
0: Yeah, she returns with a shotgun. Yeah, a she's booting. <laughs> Immediately. And dogs. And a machete. She releases the house. She releases the house, yeah. Um, but they all make it out. they all survive yes um and Allison does not confront her father at this time right Um, uh
1: yes she does not um she kind of it's like she has information and she's arguing with him but she won't just say what she's fucking found out she plays some dumb game with him and uh, you lie to me or whatever you don't tell me the truth or why are you doing this and, and she just storms off and leaves and she uh, she goes to um, uh, what's her name's uh, house to spend the night to Margo's and kind right. of patch that relationship up up because she's been distant from her, which she knows is not a good look because her and Lennon you know, Lennon and Margot are supposed to be best buds. So she's got to kind of mend that fence. Right. Uh, and then the the ending scene though, uh, you, we, get, we get the flashback. Yeah, well, of, which flashback? Are you,
0: of 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 Bruce and Lennon. Oh yes, yes, that is also happening. In this
1: yeah. I was talking about the other scene where you, there, uh, you hear uh, panting in the the at Clara's at the compound. You see the machete and heavy breathing, like someone or someone's been hurt, but you don't see who it is. It's just in the area where everyone was running. Right, and you hear someone's in distress, and you see the bloody machete, but you don't know who's happening. But yes, go on. Yes, uh, the other so, part.
0: Is so so right, we have Bruce and Lennon in the flashback. Flashback back to that night. Um, where they share a secret, which we don't get to hear. And and he yeah, drops. we're talking a code. He? Age, yep. Uh, we both decided it'd be best if she didn't know. Yep. And uh, he he lets her out in the middle of the road, seemingly to immediately get <laughs>
1: hit by Allison <laughs> right.
0: as soon as he's out of shot. Hey, of, that's of what's like- ridiculous
1: because <laughs> we talked about this in the first episode recap. It's How'd recap. she get there? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, we get, she got there. How did he get ahead of them on the road? Right. What
0: group so did he know? So so, so. if we go back to episode one, right. Allison and Lennon fight about Lennon fucking Dylan. Yeah. Wh- to which Lennon immediately calls her father to get picked up and leaves. That, that's that's how it would have to happen. Right. Allison, well, yeah, but no,
1: Allison leaves first because she's more upset. She leaves the situation she and she goes she into, gets Lennon, in the she gets into yeah. Lennon's Jeep. And then all the friends get in.
0: And all the friends get in. And, and they, they leave. Over.
1: And then I'm pretty fucking sure Lennon
0: then leaves after that. Oh, you th- you think we've gotten we have more evidence, visual evidence from yeah, I'm the show sure. that she she talked to people after they yeah, left. because
1: she's struggling to get the hoodie and then she finds the father, and the father's like talking with the cop and everyone else at the uh, party. I feel okay. like there's more of stuff that happened in the
0: house right so so leave. now now maybe in flashbacks we're gonna find out what yeah. happened before allison got into the jeep because we don't know how much time passed. yeah i know yeah we, we could say she
1: but it's have... annoying it's an annoying yeah. thing to just do like just so, just edit your yes fil- your the way better. Yes,
0: the way it was laid out uh you know it feels like minutes when right. She could have been alone in that Jeep crying for 30 minutes.
1: I'm not saying it's before. as frustrating <laughs> as trying to figure out the Witcher timeline. <laughs> but this is hard to really piece together.
0: It is hard to piece together, but that's part of the intrigue, right? <laughs> it's part of the part of the reason why we watch.
1: It's not Witcher level.
0: It's just but, a, but it's It is not the Witcher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm watching The Witcher, and it's like, oh, this is from twenty years later? Or, or earlier?
0: What? <laughs> The Witcher timeline is tough. It's jacked. It's tough, and um, they don't
1: care. It's from one episode to the next. They're like, "Yeah, twenty years have passed." Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, they're talking about this from.
0: <laughs> yeah, twenty years passed. The butcher of Section You, you should have read the. You should have read, read the books and played the games. Yeah, I know. If really. you didn't, uh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, did you did you read the book? No. Out? Did you play the games? No, um. <laughs> I'm just loving. I'm just loving the show. Yeah, no, well, it's that's cool. that's it. It's like for me, I get to love the show because I don't have right. a backstory. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the guy who like read the Stephen King book and is like, great. I'm gonna hate this movie. Yeah, yeah You probably will because Stephen King's an amazing writer, and you know, some guy who's making an adaptation is not Stephen King. Yeah, um, you know, not that all Stephen King uh, movies are bad. No, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, some are excellent. Yeah, For sure. um, there but was a the guy. Text, uh, sure there was a guy who
0: did a bunch of good ones. Um, I believe it's Frank Darabont. Did the majority of the '80s and '90s adaptations of Stephen King's work? Sure. All of his were good. Uh, he did the first Pet Cemetery. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure about did he exactly. His version
1: I thought was pretty good too, even though I don't know if it's a lot of um, identical to the text. But at any rate, so. The, there's he issues did, with uh,
0: Frank Darabont Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, The Mist. Yeah. Yeah, just to name a few. Yeah, those are good. Those are yeah. three great ones. Um
1: People <twe잡ly> love twe잡ly> the Mist, and I'm fine with the Mist.
0: You're talking about the movie or the show? The movie. Because I love the movie.
1: I Yo, like that it. ending. It's so, it's so I, obvious. Oh. Yeah, of course, that's what's happening.
0: Yeah, and it
1: just bothered me. I was like, "Yes, I could have wrote this," and it it, it bothered me, much like someone once said recently to us, "Uh, like they could write it and they can see it happen, and they don't they don't enjoy the movie because." But <laughs> to me, the mist, it bothered me that like I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is what's gonna happen. They're gonna do this, and then they're gonna be discovered." I get it. I know, and that happens. And like, yep, validated. I'm smart. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. no, it just something about it I didn't like. I didn't like the religion angle of the the people. It made sense to me. I just didn't like the way it was executed. Sure, it I'm totally believable, totally would have happened.
0: Really, um, didn't It's not bed my Sematary. thing. So looks like he didn't do Pet Sematary. My bad. Uh, that's all right. But that's okay. Yeah, he uh, he did a bunch of other great stuff. I mean, he he definitely did all the big ones, right? Green sure. Ma- Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Stephen King is prolific in a lot of those stories yeah.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. He did the Night Shift collection from nineteen ninety four. Hmm. He did the T V adaptation of The Shining.
1: Oh really? Okay. Yeah.
0: So uh, So yeah, in, in short conclusion. uh in short, <laughs> uh to in summation, in conclusion, uh I know what you did last summer, getting better.
1: Yeah. I want to see what's happening. I want to know what's uh, how things are going to resolve. It's still entertaining. Um, was there a? Uh,
0: I don't think there was a kill. A in this kill? Episode. I don't it think was, was just
1: the alluding to one at the end. Yeah. I right. Think, uh, yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the first episode since the, the first episode, not counting the right. not counting the the inciting incident.
1: Yeah, you don't. You can't count that.
0: <laughs> um, that we have no kills. Right. All right, so uh, thanks for tuning in uh, for another week, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> was that, that was uh, Daisy Confused. Yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah. but that <laughs> was. Uh, not
0: Fast Times. Right. Who was Fast Times? Pagoli. It was uh, this like huge actor. Yeah, name. Forrest <laughs> Whitaker. You cannot <laughs> What was his name?
1: Who played Spicoli? Uh, yeah.
0: I don't remember his name. You're like the long-haired guy, the long-haired hippie. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's milk, dude. It's like one of the greatest actors of our time.
1: Oh, Matthew McConaughey?
0: No, the other one. From that's Spast that's Times. days and confused. From Times. The long-haired hippie guy. Yeah, he. Played I don't remember his name. Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry. <laughs> that was Spicoli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was...
0: Wasn't it a Spicoli?
1: Yeah, yeah for some happens. reason I just I wanted to say Spuds Mackenzie.
0: like, it's... but I don't know why. <laughs> it's like
1: his which... face, I think, reminds yeah. me of Spuds Mackenzie, like that long-nosed, yeah. dumb-looking dog mm-hmm. head.
0: I just, I just couldn't like when we fir- when you first made the reference, yeah. I was just like, I was like, that's fucking milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh right, like, the
1: the the gay activist, Harvey, yeah. <laughs> Sean, like Sean, like I'm like, <laughs> why 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 the fuck is he anyway, saying milk? Right yeah, now? We both
0: we both forget <laughs> we both forgot Sean Penn's name, the one of the greatest actors of our time. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, was,
1: I saw uh, it was it's one of his favorite, one of my favorites, not really my favorites, but one of the good ones that yeah. I saw in a film class was uh was it Dead Man Walking. I think. Yeah. Dead yeah. with, with uh, sure. Susan Sarandon,
0: I think. Yeah. yeah. Susan Sarandon. Um,
1: Mary. Mary Jean. Mary. Mary Jean Prajean. Mary Prajean. The character. The, uh, the, the nurse priest.
0: None. 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 Yeah, this guy. I mean, Mystic River, obviously. Man, I am all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. We we had a lot of sidebars this time. All right. If you're still listening, see you next time. <laughs>